This is Daily Wager Extra. Here's Doug Kazarian. Welcome into Daily Wager Extra. I am Doug Kazarian. We are taping this on Thursday, October 7th. Tonight we have Rams, Seahawks, uh, Seattle off the win. Impressive win in San Francisco. And obviously the Rams off their first loss the season at home to Arizona. We'll get to that. With John Murray, uh, momentarily just want to – so Dodgers get the big win last night, uh, walk it off, <laughs> cover the run line as well. Uh, so they're going to play the Giants. They're about a seventy favorite, I believe, in the series. I'm writing a story right now. It should post either today or tomorrow. Just how the Giants have such liability for a lot of books here in Las Vegas and elsewhere as well, just the 100-1 to that they entered the season with. They've already cashed as 40-1 to long shots in the division to win the uh, NLS, which they did by a game with 107 wins. Just remarkable. Went th- just the second team since the mid-90s to go at least 30 games over their win total entering the year. So their win total was 74.5. Obviously, 107 is more than 30 games. So just remarkable run that provides context. So we'll have a, just the liability right now a, 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 from a lot of books is really alarming some odds makers. So that's kind of fun story as we enter the postseason. And... uh just again, the plays are on ESPN.com, both NFL and college, and obviously the entire crew has uh, plays for that. But let's get to the breakdown of this week's NFL card. Kicking is for losers. Yes, we are back with the man, John Murray, joining us again here. The man who's been red hot, white hot, in fact, in the bonanza. Yeah, good start. Good start. I, I think you should uh, you should caution people out there, though, when, when you talk about winning four, winning four bets in a row or losing four bets in a row is really nothing. Like if we had a new customer lose four bets in a row, but he was always getting a good number and he was always betting the sharp sides of games, we would continue to keep an eye on that customer. And if we had a customer win four bets in a row, they were just kind of random bets. We would continue to let him fire away. So it's a, it's a very small sample size, but, but it does feel good. And it's very satisfying all this winning. Um, all right. So <laughs> let's, let's get into this. I, I want to talk about the Rams are steaming up. Uh, a little bit. There's some threes popping up. What do you make of this? I I do like the Rams side. Look, they had their first loss. I think it's, you're getting a good yeah. team off a loss. That's always a a good thing. McVeigh, for what it's worth, has a solid record off a loss. ATS and uh, but 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 Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, certainly is a dog. And prime time have good stats too in terms of betting stats. We, we talked last week. The Rams were in a tough spot last Sunday. They were off the win over Tampa Bay. And they had this game, tonight's game, looming. They were in a tough spot against Arizona, and it showed. They got manhandled by the Cardinals. So I agree with you. It could be a good spot to come back on the Rams, but the book is going to need Seattle really big tonight. It's almost a 5-1 to one ticket count on the Rams, minus 2.5 right now at the Superbook. And, but we're going to need Seattle pretty big. This, this looks like really? a much bigger Thursday night decision for us than we've had the last couple of weeks. Last week, all we really had on that game was – Moneyline parlays and teasers that started with the Bengals that almost lost, by the way. And the week before, I think, was that uh, ridiculous Carolina-Houston game, which we really didn't have much money on. But this is shaping up to be our biggest Thursday night game in terms of handle and need since opening night, Dallas-Tampa Bay. Uh, we'll be pretty big Seahawks fans tonight. Are you surprised that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks not getting more love? A little public? surprised. Uh, uh, yeah, a little surprised, especially when you think that they Seattle had a very good win themselves on Sunday, winning uh, at San Francisco. It was an impressive win for them. So, yeah, I would say it's a little surprising, especially with the home field advantage the Seahawks have always enjoyed. But I think it speaks to how well-regarded the Rams are 
Uh, the Rams are considered, e- even after a bad loss on Sunday, the Rams are absolutely a viable Super Bowl contender, and they're considered to be one of the best teams in the league. And people are looking at this as a bounce-back spot for the Rams. How do you feel uh, about the London uh, game, our first one in a while? I always forget about those. You know, because on Sundays I usually get here around 8 a.m. or so, and it's just like it's always jarring when you when you walk into the book and there's a game on. What the hell? Uh, it, so <laughs> it's true. strange. Six six thirty a.m. kickoff uh, on the West Coast. Sharp money uh, on the total in this game is really all that I can report. The, the total has been steamed up quite a bit from forty three and a half all the way to forty six. Hmm. I, I don't know that I, I would want to get involved here on the side too much. Uh, I, I would uh, I would probably stay away from that one, but I definitely can report some sharp money on the over there. And this game will get a little bit more volume than it would if it was at 10 a.m. local time, just because it's on its own. 9.30 on the East Coast. We are operating the Superbook in New Jersey, so I, I would imagine a good handle in New Jersey on that game, better than what we see in the West Coast. Favorites are 17-11 and 11 against the spread in London games. I, I, I definitely agree with the line move here. It's funny, we did a, some overrated, underrated kind of things based on FPI and stuff early in the week, and I took the Jets mm-hmm. as my team that I felt was underrated. Now... They're the second worst team in the NFL, according to FBI. But I just felt like, you know, they had a tough start to the year. They had to go at Carolina and at Denver in between. They hosted Belichick. So for a rookie quarterback going against those defenses, pretty difficult. And, you know, they obviously win against the Titans, which did not shock me that much at all. And uh, I think three is still a little rich. I would make it two and a half here with Atlanta, but three and a half was not right at all. The Jets saved us last week. They, they, them beating Tennessee, that saved us. I know that obviously Tampa Bay didn't cover against New England on the Sunday night game, but they did win the game. And all the money line parlays that would have gone to Tampa Bay, that could have been really ugly if the Jets hadn't knocked out the Titans for us in the morning. Because all those other sides that were being thrown into every money line parlay, all of them won. Cincinnati won. Green Bay won. It was really just the Jets, uh, the Jets winning that saved us, saved us that day. For some reason, a lot of people did, or not as many people used New Orleans. I know the Saints lost to the Giants, but they were people backed off of the Saints in that spot. Hmm. It was more of it was more of Bengals, Titans, Packers, Bucks. They were, and people, I guess, put them through Buffalo in there, but Buffalo didn't really pay anything. <laughs> so people, people stayed much. away from that one as well. It was, really, it was really the Jets beating the Titans that saved our day on Sunday. Yeah, I saw some people took them in eliminators. I just thought that was baffling. Uh, road teams, mm-hmm. Titans were like missing two of their receivers. Just strange. But, um, okay, so that probably uh, that'll get a little bit more handle than it normally would just because of the London – uh, but it's mm-hmm. it's early out here, uh, six thirty. I mean, I'll be on air. We have a show six a.m. to seven a.m. on Sundays, which is painful. But Oof. yeah, and then hey, I you were radio telling me uh, when afterwards. I saw you, I saw you. Uh, what was that Tuesday? We were watching the wild card game, and you were telling me about your weekend schedule. Yikes! Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's tough man. You're you're a grinder. You're a grinder. Dari and Mel, five fifteen a.m. out yeah. here on Saturdays. I got to get hot. Yeah, for them. I, I've been <laughs> two and one for a little bit, and then one and two last week. We won't go there. Um, okay, so in terms of the morning games, we'll get to the Sunday night game. Obviously, that's the big one. Everyone's building up for that one. But sure. there's a lot of like short numbers here, and I think we're gonna. I think this is the week where you start to like kind of really solidify playoff bound teams, or at least teams in the playoff discussion, and then some teams that we know. Like we're gonna learn about Philly and Carolina this weekend, right? Like Panthers started three and zero. 
Got a, got beat up a little bit by Dallas last week. If they take if they come back and, and cover the three, it's like okay. So now they're frisky. They just lost to a good Dallas team on the road. But if they lose again, it's like all right, maybe the the easy schedule to start. And same with New Orleans and Washington. I feel even Tennessee, which I'm I can't imagine you guys are you're gonna need you're gonna need the Jags for your lungs. We're gonna need the Jaguars every week until they show a pulse. That's that's how it works in the NFL. So as long as as long as the Jaguars are losing every week, I mean, although I mean they played well on Thursday night, in fairness, but yep. they're losing every week, so the public is betting against them every week. It's that simple. So yeah, Jacksonville will be one of our biggest needs in the morning. Not our biggest need. Our biggest need will be by far the Bengals, and oh, that game, yeah. that game is setting up to be just your classic wise guy versus public game. Very sharp money in the market in Nevada took Bengals plus three even money. In this game, a very sharp group took the Bengals, and then the public, of course, is all over Green Bay. It's, it's. I think it's our. It is our most lopsided take account of the whole week, and then you've got the wise guys on the other side. Just a classic setup of the the pros versus Joe's games that people love to talk about. Where do you think this number ends up? I don't. It's not going to go back up because that that group that took plus three even, they'll take it again if it goes back that way. I mean, I guess it could go that way, but they'll just bet it again. So I think it's actually more likely to go down than up. I think it might. Ooh. You might see two and a half. Uh, that to me is more likely than you're not going to see a three and a half. I, I would be shocked if you saw a three and a half with the Bengals. Yeah, so that would be a reverse line movement. It went the other way. I see one three and a half in the market, but the juice is corresponding. I I think that's you're right. That's a fascinating game. Um, and then I think just the, with the what's happening with Urban Meyer and everything, I think the Jags are going to be just bet against even more so this week. And, you know, the Titans on that short number, like you talk about uh, teams with short numbers on the road, people like to get behind. I'm a little torn mm-hmm. with Eliminator. I mean, you got Minnesota at home, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. you got the Patriots at yeah. Houston, which I don't like to do road teams in the NFL uh, for the Survivor, but it's going to be hard not to take the Pats to at least win there in these morning games. I'm personally leaning towards Minnesota. Uh, very respected group laid seven and a half with Minnesota. Mm. And then if you if you look at like the other option for me is because I've already used Tampa Bay. I famously used them in Week One yes, with a plan famously. to buy back in if they lost. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> never in doubt if you remember that. Oh uh, yeah, but, of course not. So no, Tampa Bay is off the board for me. So it's got to be New England or Minnesota. New England's got later in the, in the season they've got home games against the Jets and and I think Jacksonville as well. And this looks like the best time to use Minnesota. There's really no other time you'd really want to get involved with the Vikings. They do play at Detroit later in the year. But this week they get them at home. And I saw a very sharp group lay seven and a half with Minnesota. So that would lead me to recommending the Vikings as your Detroit, week five. Detroit's been a tough team to read. Like They're pretty incompetent, but then they're frisky at times. Yeah. They've shown life, and I, I find the coaching staff funny. You know, like mm-hmm. Campbell reminds me of PC Principal, so that's funny. And Anthony Lynn is their offensive coordinator. It's an amusing team. I, I like watching the Lions, but I don't think that – I don't see them winning this game against Minnesota. No. Although Minnesota has Minnesota's been pretty underwhelming through the yes. first four weeks, to put it nicely. But they, they need this game. This is a big game for them. They have to win this game. They do. Uh, Denver Pittsburgh, like I talked about earlier, we're gonna mm-hmm. find out. We're gonna find out about Denver, right? Like I, I liked him last week. Obviously, didn't get there. Bridgewater injury didn't help, but I think Ravens were winning that game for sure. I mean, they were down seven nothing, but all, all Ravens after that. Uh, Pittsburgh showed some life last week. I know there's some sharps on the plus seven, uh, almost yeah. backdoored it, and you know Rodgers was just some incredible third down conversions. Um, I, 
I mean, I, I would imagine Denver should take care of business against this weak Pittsburgh team, but injuries, uh, especially with TJ Watt and stuff, that dictates so much for me. Well, you know, I was between using Indianapolis and Pittsburgh on, on the show that we did uh, last week. I mean, I, there was a lot of sharp people pay, playing Pittsburgh. Everybody was taking Green Bay. The public was taking Green Bay, and the line was moving down anyway. And the public won that one. So you you got to be careful just blindly following any of these trends. Like I always – on these shows, I always see these people talking about reverse line movement and closing line value, and they don't even know what they're talking about. But Pittsburgh was reverse line movement, and it lost. So it, mm-hmm. these things are not guaranteed to happen. As for this week's game, did see, uh, did see some sharp people take Denver plus one. That was this morning. This morning some sharp money came in on the Broncos – I, I can't see myself getting involved here. I just don't, I don't trust either of these teams right now. And, and, and I think it's a big difference between Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Oh, you know, Locke I won't, looked, there's, yeah, there's no way I would bet on him. He's terrible. Drew Locke just looked completely lost in that game. I, I agree with what you said. I think Baltimore was going to win anyway, but man, he looked like he looked like he'd never been out there before. It was ridiculous. Baltimore is not a great defensive team. And he just, he looked completely lost out there. It's funny, so much uh, back and forth between Fangio and Harbaugh regarding how the last minute went. I was actually laid 10.5 live. Once Locke got in there, I laid the 10.5. So you got Lamar Jackson throwing a couple times in the, in the, in the red zone when I'm trying to like chew clock. And, and then, uh, then Denver's trying to – they're calling timeouts, go moving the ball, and then they threw to the end zone. I mean, again, I'm sweating out 10.5. And yeah. uh, so you got the interception in the end zone, thank God. And then, you know, the guy who's won 20 straight preseason games is still running plays instead of taking a knee. Go figure. Uh, I mean, I just think it's all kind of funny, and Fangio getting mad is just funny too. But I think it's pretty bad. Get, Fangio getting mad was pretty silly, if you ask me. Uh, I don't know. I, I, who cares? Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh, we talked about how, lo- how lost Drew Locke looked. We'll talk about lost on offense, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. So I mean we'll, we'll see what they we'll see what they bring to the table. Look, I mean look at that total. That total tells you everything you need to know about that game. With Superbook oh. we got the total at thirty nine and a half. You don't see totals like that anymore. You know for us seasoned guys, that, that's what the totals in the NFL were when we were young men. You don't see thirty nine and a half too often. Although there is another thirty nine and a half New England at Houston <laughs> later in, or same, but another just dreadful uh, dreadful matchup. Houston's pretty bad. Like Houston's bad well, with Davis as long Mills. As, as long as Davis Mills is in their quarterback, they're they're obviously just a huge play against team, and and they're a good and New England's a good survivor opportunity as well. I just I'm leaning to Minnesota because I saw some smart play, people take Minnesota, and because I think New England's got other games down the line that I'd I'd like to keep them open for, whereas the Vikings don't really have any games on their schedule right now. Now, of course, a quarterback could get hurt in week 12, and they might be a huge favorite or whatever. But for the moment, right. I don't really see any other times to use the Vikings. Let's go to the afternoon games. Really intriguing matchups across the board. Uh, I'll start here in Las Vegas. Raiders came back to earth a little bit. Nice second-half mm-hmm. effort. Chargers are good, though, so they get the loss finally. Um, their first one of the season with Justin Fields and the Bears in town. You're looking at five and a half. I'm not, I'm not sold on Fields because I don't think the staff like knows what they're doing. Like Laser obviously did a much better job with him than Nagy. It's just a comedy. It's a it's a circus of uh, ineptitude, if you will. Um, so I think Las Vegas is in a good situation to get back on track here. I just I don't know what to think of this Bears team yet. 
Well, I also don't think the staff knows what it's doing. Uh, I'll put it, that's about as nicely as I can put that. Uh, but I, I do think the Bears are making the right move playing Fields. But do is Fields in a position to succeed? I don't think any quarterback could be in a position to succeed with that coaching staff. Uh, the, the public is all over the Raiders here in Nevada, of course, right? I mean, everyone's betting the Raiders like a 5-1 to one ticket count. Probably our biggest need in the afternoon. I think it's going to be a bigger need. Uh, we'll need New York, the New York Giants against Dallas, but uh, I, I think our big uh, our big decision in the afternoon is going to be the Chicago Bears for sure. You, really? Okay, because I thought some of these other games are more intriguing, but you're right. I guess with the Las Vegas flavor, that could be a, a ticket count because I think Chargers-Browns is super compelling. Um, mm-hmm. Really different styles, and, and again, this goes back to what I was saying for the early slate of games. We're going to learn a lot about both these teams. Like Chargers? I wrote about this on my Monday column that I do for the futures market and kind of talk about a Super Bowl pick or MVP pick. I think the Chargers are like live at 20 to 1. Their schedule's not that bad, and it drops off after this week and next week. I believe they're Baltimore next week. But like this is a winnable game. Obviously, they're one half point favorites at home to Cleveland, and the Browns are not explosive. I think I read that uh, Baker Mayfield's got the lowest QBR under pressure. So if you can get to him, he's you know it's really limited offense, but obviously their defense is solid and their O line is solid when they run the ball. Yeah, the, the Chargers. We talked about them before the season started. How they have one of the most talented rosters in the NFL until all these guys get hurt, and so far they haven't got hurt. You still yeah. got Derwin James out there. You still got Joey Bosa out there. Justin Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league. Not just young quarterbacks. He's one of the best QBs in the league. Yeah. So as long as they keep these guys healthy. Their roster is as good as anyone else's. And I, and I definitely liked seeing Brandon Staley. He was very aggressive on fourth downs on Monday night. Which oh, I thought yeah, was good. he must good have loved see. that. I do. I mean, he, he's doing these things that you and I have talked about for years. Should be no-brainer decisions, but people people get all excited when they happen. Having said all that, I, I kind of lean the other way in this game. You know, I, I, think, that, uh, I think this is going to be a game where Cleveland's going to show uh, that they're one of the best teams in the league. And uh, I kind of I kind of lean the other side. We, we've mm. taken a lot of money on the Chargers here, though. So I just I think that Cleveland's going to find a way to get this game done. I just think Cleveland's better than the Chargers are. Yeah, no, I like this Chargers team. You're right, though. I, but I think as we get younger with coaches like Staley, mm-hmm. they're more likely to have played Madden football growing up, which is basically <laughs> the only yeah. training you need for some of these decisions. And the only thing you need to do is ask yourself, what does my opponent want me to do? And then just do the opposite. It's so, it's so simple. I know. Like if you're, if you're a, if your opponent is praying, you're going to send your field goal unit out there. Don't send your field goal unit out there. It's not that hard. Like I, like I guarantee you that the Tampa Bay coaching staff was very happy when they saw new England trot out their kicking unit for a 56 yard field goal that if it somehow went in, Brady would still have a minute to come back the other way. And just need a field goal, right? I, I mean, I, I don't want to be out here questioning Bill Belichick, but he's forcing me to with that decision. I agree with you. So just to recap, the Chargers are at Baltimore next week. Then they get New England at home. But you're looking at like Philly, Minnesota at home, Steelers at the Bengals, Giants. Mm-hmm. I mean, they already have a win against the Chiefs. They do get to, They do get the Chiefs at home. It could, nice always, uh, it could be a nice run. Could be a nice run. The Chargers have always been a—they've always been a play against team as a home favorite. That—that's been the case for a long time, and I certainly would imagine you're going to get a lot of Cleveland Browns fans at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. Hmm. The same way there were a lot of Cowboy fans there a few weeks ago. The same way there were a lot of Raider fans there Monday night. That looked like a Raiders home game. 
Uh, well, there's just more Raider fans in L.A. than there are Chargers. Sure. You know, I grew up there. I would have oh, gone to the game. And uh, obviously the Chargers have the San Diego roots. I Speaking of the Cowboys, let's go to that game. That's a survivor option mm-hmm. for those who are interested in that. Uh, Seven-point sure. favorites at home to the Giants. Giants, a little frisky these days. Rally, get the overtime win. The weapons are starting to uh, flourish. Obviously, Saquon showing some flashback of his pre-injury days. And then Galladay had a big reception. Danny Dash, as I like to call him, because my best bet on the show was over 26 and a half, and he got to 27 uh, rushing yards. So Danny Dash is what we needed there. Uh, Never in doubt. I would lay this. I mean, this Dallas team might be good, actually. I'm under nine and a half wins for them, but I'm a little worried. Uh, I don't think there's any might about it. I mean, Dallas, uh, Dallas to me looks like they're right up at the top of the NFC right now. The, the, in terms of roster, the problem that the Cowboys have is they've got a bonehead coach. It's the same problem they've had for years. I don't know who does the drafting in Dallas, but that guy does a great job because they always seem to be unearthing these players that are, that are just tremendous players out of the draft. Unfortunately, they give this, all these guys to Jason Garrett. And then Mike McCarthy, and that's what's holding the Cowboys back. This is a roster that could be. This could be a Super Bowl team. I think there's enough talent there in Dallas. A lot of money line parlays and teasers with Dallas this week, and I, yeah, people will people will probably use Dallas in, in, in survivor pools as well. Although the Giants are frisky, and they knocked a lot of people out last week because I know a lot of people use New Orleans. Yeah, two rules I like to live by, especially this early in the season: no road teams and no division games. And that they just they just know each other. I know it's a new uh, staff, relatively for each of these teams, but for the most part, like Kellen Moore, replay, you know, remained. I, I would mm-hmm. just try to avoid Dallas. I you got Jason Garrett on one sideline against Mike ooh, McCarthy the on the other side. That is what, what a matchup! <laughs> what a meeting of the minds that'll be on a NFL game of the week. Do you think there'll be similar? like attention media wise that there was with Brady back in Foxborough as it is Jason Garrett uh, back in Dallas. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say a little bit more scaled back, a little okay. more subdued, right. but a big, a big homecoming for Garrett. Uh, let me throw this out there. Is there any chance Dak Prescott does not win comeback player of the year? We, we talked about that. I mean, certainly uh, well, obviously we're, we're talking in week five. I mean, he could get injured would right. be one way. Um, he he looks he looks like the favorite right now. But you you I forget you you dropped another name to me on Tuesday that I thought was lost. So I wrote about this, just saying he's minus one seventy now. But mm-hmm. like Joe Burrow is seven to one. That's the next closest favorite, if okay. you will. And then Sam Darnold yeah. eleven to one. Oh yeah, Darnold. Yeah, you mentioned Darnold. And me. McCaffrey's well, hurt, Darnold but he's was- like twenty five to one. Darnold looked very good, and you know that I've I, I've said before. I think the Jets should have kept Darnold, and then tried to trade that second overall pick uh, down to somebody that was looking to move up and take Wilson or Lance. That's what I would have done. I mean, and Wilson might end up being good, but I, I've always been a Darnold apologist. I've, al- I've always liked him, and he, he's it's just he's hard got to real go coaching against. now. He's got real coaching in yeah. Carolina, and it's showing. Min- minus 170, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. He's in the MVP conversation, too. He's 10-1. to 1. I, I just think mm-hmm. – no, I'm not saying it's free money because anything can happen, but that's that should be like minus 300. Like, how's he, who's not going to vote for him at this point? I can't. I can't say and that. that off, he, there's no slowing either. down. There's no slowing down that offense. It's not like he's going to just start playing poorly. I agree with that because the Cowboys. The Cowboys just have talent all over the place. I mean, the only way that they would be slowed down would be because Mike McCarthy is their coach. Uh, the, the the talent level there is through the roof. Very good team. Dallas only team still undefeated ATS this season four and zero, and they are seven point home favorites. Another game. 
Uh, so for the only undefeated ATS team to the only undefeated team overall, Arizona, mm-hmm. 4-0. They were 50-1 to in an index betting to be the last undefeated team in the NFL. So well done for anyone who jumped on the Cardinals there. It's a really tough spot from an Arizona standpoint, but they are catching San Francisco at the right time. I mean, Niners got some Jimmy G issues. Trey Lance looked lost, inserted mid-game last week, although they did outgain Seattle by 240 yards, I want to say. So it was I, – look, I was on Seattle in that game, gave it away in the bonanza. They were Seattle was lucky to be tied at half. They should not have been. And then, obviously, Lance and all that stuff. So if I had to play this, I would take the five and a half, but it's not – like Niners are not that sharp, man. They're not the same offense when they were healthy a couple years ago in the Super Bowl run. Defense isn't quite mm-hmm. as potent. They're just guys aren't open uh, as awesome as Shanahan is, but he's obviously much better in the dog role than he is the favorite. Yeah, I've been really disappointed in the Niners uh, through four weeks. I, I, I thought they were going to be one of the best teams in the NFC this season. Yeah, me too. And just because they, they got healthy, they've added Trent Williams. Trent Williams got hurt in that Seattle game, so keep an eye on that. He left that game. Jimmy G's out for this game Sunday. Everyone is going to bet Arizona. Now, I mentioned earlier that our most one-sided ticket count is Green Bay, Cincinnati. That is true. The second most one-sided, or the second most uh, lopsided count, excuse me, is Arizona. We're going to need San Francisco pretty big in this game. It's not going to be as much of a volume game as Bears Raiders. That's why, in terms of dollars, we'll be more, we'll be bigger Bears fans than 49ers fans. But the public is all over Arizona in this game, big time. Mm-hmm. So we will be rooting for San Francisco. Kyler Murray, now the NFL MVP favorite at the Superbook. We've got him at nine to two. Mahomes is five to one. Josh Allen seven to one. Dak Prescott eight to one. We opened Kyler Murray twenty-five to one. He's been unbelievable through the first four weeks. And four of the last five or five of the last six uh, MVP winners were at one point twenty-five to one or longer entering wow. the season. So just crazy if that trend continues. I've been not poo-pooing it, but I've been saying easy. He might just keep. He might just be the MVP. I mean. I, I have been saying don't buy, it's too late, you've missed it, but you know, people said that about Otani when he was like two to one, and of course he closed minus four thousand. So I, I just don't know if Arizona is gonna have a one or a two seed, and usually that is the kind of cutoff for MVP, but we've had outlier cases. We you know, in other sports, we just had Devontae Smith win the Heisman. We've had Russell Westbrook as a six seed in the NBA win the Heisman. So if 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 they get in the playoffs as like a five seed, a four seed, and he's like dynamic and awesome with stats and everything, then he could easily get it. I mean, Peyton Manning won it twice, not being a one or a two seed. Well, you got this Sunday night game this week that could go a long way to shaping the NFL MVP pool because you've got, in my opinion, the two best young quarterbacks in the NFL. I would take these guys slightly ahead of Justin Herbert. Mahomes and Allen are second and third favorites going head-to-head on Sunday night football. Really a much better game than the extremely hyped game last week, which was, I understand why that game was so hyped. I'm not downplaying it, but this is a this is probably the best Sunday night football matchup of the whole year. You've got Buffalo going to Kansas City. So yeah, I want to talk more about this because it's funny. I wrote this as like the it's a kind of like a swing game, if you will, potentially for the MVP because currently, so even with a game at Kansas City, Buffalo has the third easiest schedule remaining according to FPI. So if they just get through Kansas City, what if they win here? They're two and a half point road underdogs. Then I think Josh Allen is like your second favorite or favorite because obviously I'm assuming he's going to play well if they win. And thus they only have, they have a road game at Tampa, road game at New Orleans. And like, that's it. Like their division's easier than we thought now because of the injury to Tua and the Patriots Mm -hmm. not quite there yet. And Buffalo just looks sharp. Like they are solid. So Kansas City. So we had a, we had Seth Walder of FBI on the show and just basically 
the Chiefs defense is like last in a lot of categories. It's like that bad. They're not they in the past they've just been sort of average, which has been enough for that offense. But Casey's defense is really bad. They get the cover last week, finally a double digit win. So they're three and thirteen or something like that in their last sixteen ATS dating back to last year, including the playoffs. I like Buffalo here. I, I just do. Um I, I like their team total over. It's probably my favorite play of the weekend. A lot of support for Buffalo here, to your point, you know, that Kansas City's defense has looked so bad through the first month of the season, whereas Buffalo is one of the few teams they're yeah, their defense has been great, two shutouts already. They're also very good offensively. Buffalo's maybe the most complete team in the NFL right now, and, and I agree with everything you said about Allen. Everything is set for him to succeed. He's got a great defense that puts him in a great position. He's got a very easy schedule in that division. He's got a very good coaching staff, and they put some weapons around him. So everything is there for Allen to, to seize the league MVP and, and emerge as, as one of the best players in the league, which I believe that he is. So I, I, think, uh, I think this game will, will be a part of the MVP discussion, but it's really more about Buffalo's final record could be so good because their schedule is so easy, and they keep winning these games so easily. Uh, I think Allen, uh, Allen definitely very live to be the MVP. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point, right? So just to recap, 13 of the last 14 MVPs have been quarterbacks. 11 of those 13 have been a one or a two seed. So that, that's why I was mentioning that earlier. So obviously, mm-hmm. if Kansas City gets a third loss in its first five games, it's going to be really tough for it to uh, kind of get up there, if you will. Absolutely. But you're looking at team total, like 27-ish. Um, you know, 20, there's some 29s with like a lot of plus money. I, I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes is awesome. I, I just... If he pulls a game out in such a short line, I just trust that Buffalo is going to be able to score against this defense. I don't think. Well, so we've we, we've know. made we've made the whole thing about the two quarterbacks, and that's going to be the narrative. But the the bottom line is that Allen has a lot more around him than Mahomes does right now. I think just in terms of having nothing helps a quarterback more than having a great defense, always giving him good field position, not having to put a ton of points on the board. Mahomes is having to do a lot on his own. I mean, he's got some good weapons around him, but his defense is letting him down big time. And their, the offensive line hasn't really looked too good from what I've seen. So Allen is in a much easier position to succeed in than Mahomes is. Mahomes is asked to do a lot more. Nice run for this Bills team. Combined score in their last two wins, 99-0. to zero. You, don't, well, they, you don't see that didn't often. They, uh, didn't they destroy the Redskins in between those two shutouts? I mean, like, an, like that, that was the one game where, like, Buffalo's defense didn't pitch a shutout, so Allen actually had to do something. And he threw for like 400 yards and five touchdowns or something. I mean, they, they, Buffalo is a machine right now, and they're very effective on both sides of the ball. Yeah, they won 43-21. So, uh, so sorry, they've they've outscored their opponents by 99, uh, something like that. I butchered that, but it's a, you know, there's something about good. 99. Uh, um, maybe they've covered the spread <laughs> by 99 or something. Uh, they do lead the NFL in uh, cover margin right now. Um, wow. Averaging like plus thirteen point nine, so basically two touchdowns. So of course, it helps when you win forty to zero and thirty five zero. That skews the numbers a little bit, but you're right; they had a really convincing yeah. win. I was I loaded up on that game. I laid the seven seven and a half in that game, and I pressed at halftime. That was a fun game. And we can't and we can't use Buffalo and Survivor. You know, we talked last week about that. That's what we that's what I used. Uh, I don't understand. I know people were t- telling me they were going to save them for week seventeen at home against Atlanta, week eighteen at home against the Jets. I don't think you can be saving somebody for week 17 right now. We just we just don't know what the league is going to look like in week 17. Right, so definitely not week 18. Everyone do the last week. 
but also just depends on how big your pool is, right? I mean, so like, you know, if you're in like a 15 person pool, probably not going to go 17 weeks, but if you're in a huge right. monumental one, then it's likely to, right. even with a huge True. upset here and there. Monday night football, uh, this Ravens team obviously struggled a little choppy out of the gates, blew the lead to the Raiders in the opener, bounced back, nice mm-hmm. win against the Chiefs, had the, had the Tucker field goal against Detroit, and then solid win last week. So they only have one loss in the year and starting to find their sea legs, if you will, after the all the injuries kind of disrupted things, I would imagine, to start. Colts finally get a win, and you're looking at a seven-point spread in the old uh, – there's a, there's there's got to be a, a some you know the Baltimore indie you know boomer's gonna have a nick the the, the moving truck bowl oh, yeah. or something you know like the, the, <laughs> something like yeah, that. I, I don't think the people that listen to this show probably don't even remember that the that the, the Colts moved to Baltimore. That was so long ago. Middle of the night with moving uh, trucks. Yeah. Oh sure, sure. Uh, yeah, the Colts looked good on Sunday. A nice win at Miami. I liked them last week. They they still got a lot of injuries. They're dealing with Quentin Nelson's out for this game. They got some banged up guys on defense. This total has been bet down quite a bit. I mean, we opened this total forty nine and a half. We've been bet all the way down to forty five and a half. Some really sharp groups came out on the under in this game. Hmm. So keep an eye on that. There's really not a whole lot to report on the side. Uh, no one's really looking at this game right now in terms of the side betting. The public hasn't, the public's not paying any attention. They're focused on the Rams tonight and then some of the favorites on Sunday, like Green Bay. There's really very little action on, on this game as compared to the last couple of Monday night games, Philadelphia, Dallas, and, and Raiders, Chargers. We had really good right on those games, but so far this one not getting much attention. Home teams, 4 0 uh, ATS so far this season on Monday night football, for whatever that's worth. Although road teams are the ones covering on Thursdays, which is kind of funny. But who knows? Uh, all right, man. Early, early. Time, time for the bonanza. All right, Mr. Executive Director in Fuego, white hot, uh, 4-0 to start the year. So well done on that front. Impressive little uh, start to the season. Everyone's uh, raving about you. I, I took a hit a couple weeks ago in the red, still in the red. But we're, we're climbing out. I went, I think, two and one last week. Yeah, just uh, just making it look easy is what I think I'm doing. I remember I had that really easy win with Miami plus four against the Raiders. I mean, that was just that was just a, like a layup for me. Uh, no am doubt. I, am I on the t? Am I on the t box here? You I, absolutely there's a few, are. You know, there's a few games I like this week, and I've seen I've actually seen a lot of sharp plays this week. Like we touched on uh, some sharp guys on Minnesota. We. We touched on the Bengals being the big pros versus Joe's game. There's a lot of sharp guys betting Philadelphia at Carolina, but you can't get the three and a half anymore. So I, I think what I'm going to go with is my official play for 1,000 is Cleveland plus two. I think they're going to win that game on mm. Sunday afternoon against the Chargers. They go out there and they get that win. So you're not going to press or anything? No, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't like – I mean, I don't like anything as much as I liked Miami two weeks ago. I mean, the spot that I should have pressed, the play that I liked the most so far this whole year was Carolina against New Orleans. I knew that line was terrible, and I, I should I should have I should have pressed harder on that one. Hmm. I got gun shy. It was week two, you know. Yeah. I chickened out. I chickened you, out on that you one. Just chicken out. You didn't know you were going to be so hot to start the season. <laughs> true. That's true. But I'll, I'll go. I'll go Cleveland plus two for for one for one k. And I'll and then I'll see uh, the tee box to you. So of all the bets on there, that's your favorite play. Just the, the, a coin flip game by like, the, based on the odds, essentially. I like I like the Bengals too. I think the Bengals are going to get it done, but uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll go with with Cleveland here. 
Okay. I don't. I just don't trust Philadelphia. You know, I don't. I know a lot of wise guys are on them. That's and, why, and, and I understand good. why. But I just, I, I don't. I, I, I feel more comfortable with the uh, with the Browns. Okay. Um. Obviously, I'm a little up and down. By the way, for the ESPN chalk column, I didn't like the card that much. I just went three teasers. They all hit. Nice, nice teaser. You know what, you know what your weekend. problem is? You're 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 too uh, you're being too conservative. You're not being yourself. You know, you're like like what was it that that one time you you had a play for five hundred and I was like, what the hell is going on here? This isn't you. This is you're 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 not. You've got to let it go. You got to let your hands go. Yeah, just let it go. Just let it. Yeah. You like we'll get yeah. to boxing in a little bit. Uh, I'm just going to play that team total with the Bills. There's a part of me that wants to go big position on the Rams tonight and then play back and go for the middle and go for the jugular, the knockout, if you will, to let the hands go. Wow. I just don't want to, like, dig myself a hole against Russell Wilson and stuff. Like he, There's just better situations to do this uh, against. So I'm just going to go team total, 27.5 minus 10. Uh, I'll do this for two dimes. How about that? I'm letting the hands Ooh. fly. We'll do, we'll do I that. I like it. 27.5. So I, I like it. Just four touchdowns. That's all we need. Easy does it. Don't worry about the defense. And the, with that offense and the Kansas City defense, uh, and the other thing, the other thing in Buffalo's favor is their their defense is playing so well. They're they're getting you some short fields, and and the offense is definitely capitalizing on that on Buffalo's side. Yeah, it's just the I'd rather you know nowadays with the menus that we have now, uh, so many props and there's just more opportunities, and I really want to isolate what I think is going to happen, right? So like, let's say in the old days, I could I would just have to play the game over or something like that, right. even though I just liked one team particularly to score. Because you're right, that defense. I mean, look, Mahomes is a magician, and I don't, I don't think either team's going to just matriculate the ball up the field. I think we're going to get some chunk plays, so uh, mm-hmm. back and forth, and I'll have some opportunities with Buffalo. And uh, you I know that I'm. Uh... I'm a man of the people, though, DK. That's why I'm always trying to give like just a side play. Every every uh, Joe Schmo has got access to that stuff. Oh, the I'm, people I'm now have yeah. The I'm people now have options, though. There, there's no limited menus. We're good. <laughs> um, maybe I'll join in on Twitter a little bit. Maybe maybe that early game. Okay. Maybe, maybe we'll have to get the Jets plus. No, I'm not gonna. I just I've been really trying to avoiding betting bad teams. Right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was annoyed with being on the Broncos last week. I think they're a good team. I even think they're a playoff contender, but in general, like they're kind of bad, right? Like at time, like I, I like betting good teams on offense. They they they've looked a little lost at times on the on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Okay. All right, my man. We got more uh, October baseball with the Dodgers, so it's an exciting time here. Yeah. And, exciting uh, is one word for it. Uh, let, let's just say that here at the Superbook, we will be rooting for your Dodgers all weekend. Yes, you don't want the Giants. No, sir. (laughs) All right, my man. Uh, Great stuff as always. I know the people appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk next week. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Daily Wager Extra podcast. Of course, the regular 10-minute edition is Monday through Friday, in and out, post around 12.30 p.m. Eastern, give or take a few minutes. And uh, good stuff over there. We have props as well on the weekends, and then the Sunday night one I've been doing with Mackenzie Kramer, our researcher extraordinaire. So a lot of good content out there for you, and uh, best of luck to everyone this weekend.